Thomas Ross Parry. How Matthew Stephen Spoil. Sorry, I jumped in there. How you are did. You? I'm good. I'd be better if you didn't interrupt me. Okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll do my best in this podcast not to interrupt you. Focus, Parry. It's Tom and Matt Attack. I had to be nice to you after that. I felt that the listening yeah, you're audience... you're really laying down the law there. Oh, you know, you know it's, it's all theatre of the it's mind. it's been a few weeks. You're not angry at me, are you? I'm not. We're, <laughs> we're all friends here at Tom and Matt Attack. You know, the two of us on this podcast. Uh, one Matthew Boy, one Thomas Ross Barry. Um, talking about the highs and lows of video games? I don't know. Not the highs it. and lows of the Game Boy libraries, do you? Not one do. cart at a time. No, exactly. Um, have you been? I've been all right, thanks. Yeah, uh, we were just saying before the podcast uh, about how much we'd actually played, and I haven't played a lot, but Matthew, you tell me you've played loads recently. Yes, I've played a lot. So much so, Tom Parry, that I've actually forgotten some of the games I've played, and I'm oh, now in my head giddy. going, hmm, Aunt. What, are the, what are the actual things I've played that I would like to talk about? Well, um... A lot of them are Switch games, actually, that I've played. Ah, so Switch, um, yes. Well, for me right now, a lot of the games I've played are Switch games because I don't have a PS4 or Xbox One with me at the moment. Yes. So I don't have oh, yeah. access to those. For for portability's sake, I assume that um, it, it's been good. You're living the dream. It's been good. You're... Mario 64 all the way for me, Matthew. What a good game. I know you don't uh, agree, but... Uh, it is amazing. Right. Here's the ways. thing, right? I have, and I, I assume you've also played this game. Thank you for picking the game I should start with, incidentally, with this wonderful segue. I've played, I well, I played about half of um, a game that was originally released for the Oculus Rift, then was ported to various platforms, called Super Lucky's Tale. Ah, okay. I see where this is going with the Mario connection. Have you played Super Lucky's Tale? Yes, uh, I played it um, on the Xbox One, where it was originally exclusive, wasn't it? That and PC. It was, yes. What did you think of Super Lucky's Tale? I thought it was very good. Solid, enjoyable. I thought you were going to say that, Tom. And that is actually what leads me to the revelation that I'm about to lay down on you. I just don't think I like 3D platformers. Oh my, okay. Fair enough, you know, as lots of the genres of games I don't really appreciate. Like I... RPGs. Yeah, and I got a few of them to talk about as well. But <laughs> yeah, no, I I sat down and I played I played like half of Super Lucky's Tale. And I started off, you know, getting all of the tail letter or lucky letters like in Donkey Kong Country. And I was mm. doing all the things of making sure I got all the coins to get the extra things and unlocking outfits. Aha, he looks like Indiana Jones. Now he looks like a detective. And now then that I realised... that version of it. Potentially. I, I don't think that was in the original. That's interesting. And that's a new thing. That was actually one of the things that was keeping me playing it. Okay. And then the difficulty started to raise a little bit. Yeah. 
And then when I started dying trying to get those things that were kind of keeping me going, I was like, why am I playing this? I remember it being quite challenging. What I love about 3D platformers, to, to, to explain to you why I think they're so good, yeah, is direct control over a character, constant action. See, I, I love character design. I love char- characters in general. And the fact that you are controlling uh, an appealing-looking character in a virtual world is very direct. It's a very direct form of video gaming. And jumping on platforms and collecting things is also, I also find, incredibly fun to do. I mean, I, I definitely liked Super Mario Odyssey. I've definitely liked all of the Mario 3D platforming so wonder, games post-Galaxy. I wonder um, why that you find this one different, because I feel that Super Lucky's Tale was perhaps uh, similar to Mario 3D World in, in quite a few respects. Not maybe th- not not good. I wouldn't say no. But and that's that's still, kind of my thing. Solid. Well, I, I think Super Mario 3D World has a lot of cool new gimmicky mechanics to it that felt quite interesting. I felt mm-hmm. that a lot of Super Lucky's Tale was reminiscent of other games I'd played, and I I the levels I enjoyed the most, which is what made me come to this revelation that maybe I just didn't like 3D platformers were that they were 2D levels and I thought they were more enjoyable than the 3D world. So It's all this shoving in these 2D bits, isn't it? I mean, yeah. Sonic started to do it in Sonic Generations, didn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, you're trying to please everybody, I guess. That's why they were in there. Um, sometimes they're good, sometimes not so good. In the case of, I think, the new Splatterhouse, the... I can't remember, were the 2D bits pretty good in that? I can't remember. I don't think I played that But they that did game. have 2D bits, yeah, yeah, to make that point. Uh, yeah, people love a bit of the 2D. Yeah, and I, I just, I don't know. I was just playing it, right? And I had, I got a load of stuff out of the library, and this is why I've kind of played a load of things. Just to reel off some of the highlights of that, I got out Super Monkey Ball, which I was enjoying, because Monkey Ball is a great game. But that's Super very Monkey's hard, tale. isn't it? It is very hard, to be fair, but <laughs> I love Super Monkey Ball. Yeah, um, yeah. I had out uh, two of the Atelier series because I was like, okay, I'm in lockdown. Maybe maybe now is the time where I finally give the Atelier series the time of day. I'm Quite not so familiar it. with that. Is it an RPG? It is an RPG series uh-huh. made by oh my days I'm gonna remember, I'm gonna Gust is the the name of the studio that is they've made these games Tom since the Game Boy there are Atelier games on the Game Boy oh, Color it's wow. a very long running series and it is known for like Slice of Life and I I can talk about this in a second it's a good mm. game I like okay. the Atelier games so carry I was, on carry on what I was bouncing back and forth between a couple of things on my Switch some of which I'll get into in a minute and I was just like wow well, I, I would prefer to play any of them over Super Lucky's Tale and I was just like maybe I'm just not that into 3D platformers anymore maybe there's no, maybe it's not your jam. No, but I was, I was quite surprised at that. That was kind of like a, you know, one of those self-reflective moments of like, why am I playing this? I'm not enjoying it. When was the last game in this genre I enjoyed? Mario Odyssey. Have I played more of them since? Yes, I have. I've played Ukulele. I've played this. Sort of played some of the dip in, like... dip out arcade style of gameplay. And I get the impression you like a little bit something a little bit more meaty. I do, but you know, like, right, okay. To completely contrast this, the other one of the games I've been playing to 
absolute death is Genjin Impact. Mm. Have you have you heard no. of Genjin Impact? No, I, ha- so, I have not, Matthew. Please explain. Genjin, Genjin Impact on parry was revealed, I believe, two or three years ago at a TGS. And it looked like anime Breath of the Wild, if you remember this. He was making the rounds on the Kotakus and the like. I'm going to look up a picture now. You should. Um, it is a free-to-play game, Tom Parry. And... Genshin Impact. Yes. Yeah, it looks a bit like Breath of the Wild. It is very Breath of the Wild. There's a lot of... <laughs> there's, there's Breath of the Wild with action RPG elements. You say it's um, been out a little while. It came out, I believe, at the end of September, the 27th or the 28th, I want to say. So it's been out. Oh, well, not, like, not that long. No. Free to play, though, Tom. Free Breath of the Why Wild for you. Why is it free to play? Because what... it has gacha it mechanics, f- Tom. Okay. Um, Like your your Grand Blue Fantasies, your Dragalia Losts, your Azua Lane. There's lots of gacha to it. Well, you know, you, you mm-hmm. chuck in money and you get a loot box, essentially. And then out of that loot box, right, you either uh, get new characters or new weapons. Okay, so like a mobile phone game. Um, Yes, it is also on mobile and it runs particularly well. I played a little bit of on my iPhone before I played it on my PS4 and uh, I quite enjoyed it. But there's a lot of like running around in 3D world traversal in Genshin Impact. And... I have played that game to death over the last couple of weeks. Like since it's come out, I've literally at least spent an hour or two a day playing Genshin Impact. It's very pretty, isn't it? It is very pretty. It is. It also plays incredibly well and has all of the bits of Breath of the Wild in there that you would like. I'll get into that in a second, though. But you know, like I get your argument of 3D world traversal and going around and doing all these things because you can do that in games like Genshin Impact. You can do that in games of Breath of the Wild. Yeah. But I just don't. I want more than what a platformer is offering me. You know what I mean? Like I wanna, I wanna do more than just like going from mm. A to B and jumping on the heads of enemies. I think this generation of open world games, much like it is kind of trashed. My appreciation of bare well, bones open world games is kind of take something like Bandra Kazooie or Mario sixty four though, where, where it's around doing tasks. Yeah, it's a, you know sometimes you have to use a little bit of your, your, your head there to kind of work out what you need to do. Yeah, but I can do that in Genshin Impact. Also, mm. um, okay, is... yeah, you can do it in Zelda Breath of the Wilds, can't you? In, yeah, in yeah, the, yeah. Um, dungeons. Uh... In the shrines, yeah, yeah no. The shrines. Sorry, it's been so long. I've I've played that. I was right. looking for the word shrine. It's just I I think that there is so much more in a game like Breath of the Wild or in fact Genshin Impact that I need that now. I think just okay. going back to a like a hub world and going into a world and beating a level isn't enough for me anymore. I want it. To I be really a big like simple experience. things. I mean, yeah, more and more nowadays. The idea of jumping into Mario sixty four and just getting a star. That's enough. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm doing on the train. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then I feel a sense of achievement. You know, that's and, and that's that's enough for me. Then I'll get on with everything else. Um, I like how simple that is compared to some of the others. I'd rather play 64 than Sunshine. Yeah. I think Sunshine's that's... just a weird game, though, isn't it? Let's be honest. <laughs> well, you know, some people do, do really like Sunshine, but I, I do prefer 64. No, that's fair. 
yeah, so I I I played a lot of stuff, Tom. I I can get into more, but you, Tom Parry, what have you been playing mm. other than the Mario? Other than, other than Mario sixty four, you know, I still haven't played Galaxy on there yet. Of course, I played it previously on the Wii. Yeah, never completed it though. Still not got around to that. I've actually been uh, enjoying the Saturn quite a lot lately, and because right. I'm going to do a video where I talk about my Saturn collection, and prior to doing that, I wanted to remind myself of some of the games I've got on Saturn, yeah. so I can talk a little bit more in depth about them. And what's grabbed me most is Quake on the Saturn. Now, I'm not someone who actually ever really played Quake on the PC. Right. So this is really my first proper experience of Quake. And... I just find there's something incredibly appealing about the atmosphere in the game. You know, it's helped yeah. by the soundtrack, of course. Yeah. But also, I don't know, the way it looks on Saturn particularly, I find quite appealing, that retro, early 3D look. Yeah. It is quite appealing. Now, it doesn't run as well on Saturn as it might do on the N64. I've also contrasted that by playing a bit of the N64 version of Quake, yeah. uh, which is a lot faster. But uh, the sound version has a unique charm to it. it. It does actually play better than you'd expect on a uh, D-pad as well, where okay. you strafe with the shoulder buttons, you hold X while moving the uh, uh, D-pad I, I mean, up and down I've, I've to aim. I mean, I've played Doom on the, on the SNES, man, so I, I don't doubt that it's okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, that, that whole atmosphere and such. Uh, so it's led me on a sort of a quake binge in a way so then i went to play quake 2 on the n64 quake 1 on the n64 yeah and uh quake 2 on the xbox 360 through that bonus disc that comes with quake uh 4. quake 4 yeah um and that was really great yeah it's very very fast it's uh, very different obviously quake 2 than quake 1 i think i'm really into that sort of medieval aesthetic uh, and, and yeah. the spooky atmosphere and you know that sort of puzzle solving element to it um yeah really been enjoying that and and i say i've been playing uh, other saturn games but only dipping in and out of them that's the one that's been uh, really holding my attention recently that's interesting i i don't have a lot of experience with quake i played a bit of quake 3 arena when i got my pc hmm. and i played Quick four on the Xbox three sixty just because it was around launch and there wasn't really a lot yes. else out. Yeah. But Did you Quake play Quake Two on the three sixty? I didn't know. I, I it's remember on that second there. disc, yeah. Yeah, but I to be honest with you, like I played Quake Four, I enjoyed it, but it felt a bit dated by the time I was playing mm. it because it'd been out for a few years by that point. Mm-hmm. I I don't know. I just it didn't something about it didn't click with me. But I I felt that way about about a lot of the the games that were PC shooters ported a console at that point. I think there was a a weird like dissonance. Like when I played Doom Three on the Xbox, was it? Yeah, it was on the original I, I felt, Xbox. I felt the same way, and I'd played it on the PC, and I I don't know. There was kind of like some dissonance between PC shooter and a console port of it that just didn't. Well, is really that anything to do with the like the control method? Do you prefer to use a mouse and keyboard for those mm, games at least? I think so. Like, I don't mm. know. Like, I love first person shooters on console. Like, I'm not going to say I don't, but there's just it felt weird playing those games with a mouse uh, without a mouse and keyboard for some reason i don't know why but it's probably just because mm. i played quake 3 with it so yeah I I, i'm so used to playing games with a controller and actually um another game that i went back to recently was goldeneye on the n64 la la 
it plays so well. And I've read recently a lot of retrospective reviews of it saying, oh, you play Goldeneye lately. Oh, gosh, those controls. I'm like, uh, nope, I don't get that at all. <laughs> I think Goldeneye controls, plays beautifully. I, I, I still think it someone holds up very said... well. That if you plug is this is there any truth to this? Some I seen someone say if you plug a second yeah. controller into mm-hmm. the N sixty four. I've heard this as well. Never tried it, but I've heard the same. Yeah, that you can actually like you have camera and actual control, right? You can aim properly and move the character. I don't need it. I don't need it. I'm, I'm I've played Goldeneye so much, and it was only through actually playing it with uh, my friend Gareth the other day I realised how that game is ingrained in my brain. Like, I yeah, know where I everything is. You know, I played so many times. I was like, yeah, that's where you shoot on the train. You know, you have to shoot all those things to yeah, uh, yeah. stop the train. And I was like, oh, yeah, there's one watch. behind you right there on the left. The guy's yeah, going to come out yeah. there now. There's an RTP-90 in that box there if you shoot that. And it's like, wow, Goldeneye. I'd forgotten how much I loved it. And I think I've been hearing some rumours. I don't know how... It, true these are there are rumors after all that the relationship between uh, microsoft and nintendo is getting to the point where you could see rare games appearing on nintendo consoles i don't know if that's the case yeah. i don't know where this sort of rumor comes from um and it could just be that but the idea of goldeneye on the switch oh that'd be cool that, that gets that gets me excited it's a weird thing though isn't it because it's i mean it's a licensed game and like a studio is now owned by Microsoft, but the game is developed by nin- for Nintendo, so they hold certain rights to Nintendo, it. Nintendo, like, yeah, it's funny that thing. deal. They have some sort of right over Goldeneye, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Yes, I would. I wouldn't mind playing that game. I would like them to do some treatment to it, though. I I don't think I would like to play the N sixty four version of Goldeneye on a Switch. Really? That's just me. Yeah, yeah. I think they would add the twin stick compatibility in with it, but. I've always loved the N64 controller, but you know I'm someone who grew up with the N64 and played it a heck of a lot. It was really I mean, my me first too, pr- but like proper, more hardcore gaming console. You know, prior to that, playing Mass System, obviously in CDI, but it was only the N64 where things really started to make sense for me. Perhaps, I mean, it was where yeah. I first started playing shooters. That's for sure. Like I, yeah. I played Two Rock a lot. Like I have ah, fond memories of playing Rage Wars. Um, Rage Wars, right? Just about Rage Wars for a moment. It's yeah. very much like Quake. Yeah, I think it really takes a lot of cues from multiplayer Quake. Yeah, no, it definitely does. No, you said that. Yeah, yeah it's absolutely <laughs> Quake Three, um, and it's very good. And people overlook Rage Wars a little. I'd love to see that return because it hasn't. Unlike Torok and uh, Torok Two, hasn't returned in a sort of remastered form yet. No, that's something else I'd maybe, like to see. Maybe one day, Tom, when they mm. when they get down that far to the bottom of the barrel, once they've scraped the well, first few layers you off. You know, it's not as down in that barrel as Torok Three is. Let's let's face it. I so, can't even really remember Torok, Torok 3. Three. Wasn't particularly noteworthy. It, yeah. <laughs> To be fair, I don't even think I could distinguish between the two rocks that aren't Rage Wars. I think Torok 1 Torok 2 they're substantially different to look at. I can't I can't remember. It's been too he long. He plays Joshua Fireseed in Torok 2. Anyway. Ring, sorry, I interrupted you. you. You were talking about right. shooters on the N64, weren't you? Yeah, well, I was just, just going to say, like, <laughs> I, I played lots of Perfect Dark. I played lots of Two Rock. Rage Wars mm. specifically, and I played lots of Goldeneye. Like, I'm fine with that. I just, I don't know. I, I just don't think going back to that 
way of playing shooters is that appealing to me. Like, I remember playing Time Splitters 2 for the first time and being like, oh my god, twin sticks! And I think ever since that moment, I don't think I could go back. Yeah, I think it's hard for a lot of people to go back, um, but not for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then again, I'm not a hardcore first-person shooter player, so... I, I I think it's a lot easier to aim and do things with twin sticks. But then it again, is, saying I that... I think GoldenEye's designed for that control. Oh no, of course it is, absolutely. And the game itself works. is built around that control scheme. It wouldn't necessarily benefit too much other than feel more natural to a lot of um, Probably be too gamers. easy if you if you had dual sticks, I think. I don't know, it'd be interesting. It'd be I very think... interesting to play it like that. Yeah. Didn't they do that in Perfect Dark? Did they not add that into the Xbox 360 version of Perfect Dark? I feel I that they I might have done. the Xbox 360 version of Perfect Dark. <laughs> it's on Rare Replay. Yeah, I, I, I think I, I think I played, not very much of Rare Replay. I think I bought it because I had the Xbox. I think it's the only, it was the only physical game I owned up until when I bought some stuff from GameStop's mm. clearance a couple of months ago. I remember you had it. Yeah, I think most Xbox One owners probably have Rare Replay because it's so I would affordable. So. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and there's a there's a lot on it, you know, for the money. It's it's big collection for sure. Yeah, no, I I need to dust off my Xbox One. I think at some point and then finally play some of those games I bought, like Quantum Break. But we'll see. I think the Xbox, uh, from what I've been seeing, that the, the new Series X or S, or whatever, well, it'll be X because you yeah. want to play your discs on it, will really get, bring a new lease of life to a lot of games with the improved uh, frame rates and load times. And it's actually quite an exciting prospect for the uh, new Xbox console, I think. I mean, to be fair, it's the same with the PS4, right? Like, um, and yep, on the yep, PS5. Although they have hinted that perhaps some of the games won't run perfectly, which is slightly worrying for me. Well, I mean, I, it does... I think it'll be that way on the Xbox, man. Like, honestly, at the moment, from what I, don't I understand... I know, because some... of how good the backwards compatibility is on Xbox One thus far. You say that, Tom Parry, but I, having listened to a lot of podcasts from journalists who have the Xbox One X currently, mm-hmm. the Halo 5 doesn't run. So, like, they are having to do work to certain games. Oh, right, sure I've not heard anything, but I've just heard really positive things about playing these older games on the, the series the, x the games that you can play are running really well but it is not every game at this moment in time is how i understand uh, it. so you think it's there's no real advantage there for the backwards compatibility on i think xbox microsoft microsoft that. will actually go back and do the job to make sure stuff works i don't think sony will it's interesting that microsoft have been so proactive with getting the consoles out there and giving them to people and letting people try them Whereas I'm not sure if that's been the same with uh, Sony and the PlayStation 5 yet. They have with Japan, uh, from what I understand. Mm. There's some Japanese uh, streamers and influencers and outlets that have PS5s. Yeah. But not too many. And they're not allowed to Did you hear about them? Sorry? I was just going to say they're not allowed to show certain things. What have I heard about Tom Parry? Oh, it's just uh, apparently Sony are moving the uh, accept button. From circle yes. to X, and yeah. I I don't think I agree with that. I think you should keep it as it is in Japan because what's the point other than yeah. making it easier to develop games, I suppose, and not having to re, re- change the controls. But I can't imagine that's a huge issue for developers to just switch whether no, but uh, having buttons around. Having heard this discussion on a, a number of podcasts, someone pointed out you're just going to get people like Kojima just going off like that. <laughs> 
because Metal Gear Solid was always opposite. Yeah. Like, certain developers will do that. I also saw quite a funny tweet earlier that someone from Japan had tweeted to their friend, like, which one do I click? Because uh, there was a satisfaction survey for the PS5 for, like, influencers. Mm. And the way to click yes or no of, like, were you satisfied with your experience is Circle and X. And they were like, I don't know which one to press anymore. I hear in Japan that is how they write you know, accept and cancel, you know, it's like, so why, why change it? I think it's a bit weird. Uh, I mean, it is what it is. It's fine. It is what it is. It's a relatively small issue. Maybe not for the Japanese, but (laughs) I mean, yeah. Yeah. Have you heard about the 10 games that won't run on the PS5? I have. Yeah. This very interesting mix, isn't it? When you read through those games, right. I can't think I played any of them. Um, (laughs) Yeah, no, the the Samurai, uh, the Afro Samurai one yes. was a game I know was pulled from sale because it was so bad. So, like, it doesn't yeah. surprise me that game won't play. I didn't even know that it existed, the sequel. I, Afro I actually wonder, looking at some of those games, have certain developers specifically said, no, we're not, don't put this to run on the PS5? Mm. But Shadow Complex, that was a pop, very popular game. Uh, yeah. That not being on there is a bit peculiar. I don't know what Robinson the Journey is. We Sing, I know what We Sing is, and it's probably a, a reason why that's not on there. They've shut Hitman... down the service for We Sing. Oh, there you go. Hitman Go, also, is that something shutting down the service for it? Because isn't it some sort of connected to the internet type experience? I don't know. There's a Tomb Raider Go as well, isn't there? Yeah, there is. There's Lara Croft Go, I think it's called. I hear Joe's Diner's a fairly average game. Don't know what Shadwen is. Just Deal With It. I don't know what that is. Just Deal With It is one of those like PlayStation Party games, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. Dealing cards, perhaps, or something. TT Isle of Man. Yes, I played one of the TT motorcycle games. I didn't really like it much. Yeah. And I don't know what DWVR is. Is it a VR game? I would assume so. Hmm. Well, there you go. No big loss. Okay. Yeah, no, I, I, I looked on that list. was just very happy that none of the games I own were on there. So I was like, okay, cool. Yeah, unless, unless you know, Joe's Diner is absolutely fantastic. And I just don't know, you know. Cause... Maybe, maybe Tom. We'll never know now. It's fine. We'll never, we'll um, never know. Oh, well. Yeah, I I don't know. I hear I've heard some rumblings about your saves from PS4 not being compatible on a PS5. Hmm. Right. I haven't actually seen an article about this. I've seen there's several ways to copy over your saves. Yes. Uh. And this is what yeah. I think. This is maybe why Sony's got out and talked about it now because I think this rumor has been going around for such a while that they needed to finally confirm something. I mean. Up until last week, people were still saying, okay, maybe it's good. Because Mark Cerny had apparently tweeted something that was like, well, not all PS4 games are going to run. And I think that kind of made people panic a bit, which is why Mm. Sony had to come out and say, well, 10 of them don't run at the moment that we know of. Mm. Which isn't the end of the world. No, exactly. And like I said, I'm sure there will be some stuff on the Xbox One that probably doesn't run either. But I don't know. I don't know. The way those consoles are working... I imagine is quite similar, but there might just be some game-breaking bugs on them that they're like, okay, we don't want this to run. Or maybe there's some exploitative measure in those games they don't want to run. Who knows? 
What's interesting is this is the first time you can really buy a next-gen console and be fully comfortable with the fact that all your games are probably going to run pretty well. Because, um, of Outside course, Xbox 360, Xbox backwards compatibility wasn't perfect. Yes. But Actually, as far as I'm aware, no, if you say 99.5% of the catalogue is going to work, that's better than we've ever had. No, it isn't. Isn't it? Game Am Boy just... Color could run Game Boy, Game Boy Advance oh, could run okay, Game Boy Color. Yes, PlayStation could 2 play could PS1. run PlayStation 1. Yeah, <laughs> like, okay. okay. To well, be fair, going back this far, maybe not. At least for the Xbox yeah. side of like, hey, there's some Xbox games that'll work on the Xbox One X, which is four generations ago, which is interesting. Yeah, I think it's fairly good though, isn't it, for owners of these of a PS4 or Xbox um, One that want to just move that out of the way and replace it with a new console. I think we haven't had that for a little while. No, not, not we so, definitely um, haven't. Yeah, and not so clear and uh, not so. I've lost my words now. Not working as well as they promised this time. No, and I. <laughs> to be fair, I, I do. I do think of it and just go like, okay, well, I finally now I think the the difference in architecture between the consoles, the difference between fidelity and like everything else is so minimal now that, this that is, I don't yeah. think there's a good enough reason. You know what I mean? Like when you when you jumped from the the NES to the Super Nintendo, you're like, wow, look at this! Like this is leagues and miles better than that. Why would you want to play these things? Yeah, and that's the. A strategy that Sony's taken for so long, right? I mean, there was that famous interview around the team the time the PS4 came out, and they were like, "Who wants to play PlayStation One games?" Which you know, people like us. Which prior to do. that, they, they obviously thought people would because they put it in the PS3. Yeah, I know, but obviously they they also released a PlayStation One classic. You know, like there's clearly an audience there that they weren't either just weren't aware of or didn't care about. I guess. Or they just wanted mm. to sell you those games again. And then when people started to do the work like Microsoft did, they were like, okay, we need to actually do something about this now. Because even yes. though a lot of their their figures apparently show that people don't actually use these backwards compatibility functions, same on Xbox, I think that people do care and people have invested mm. in these things. It was never um, something they shouted out about because not many people I know knew you could play PS1 games on a PS3. No, but I mean, the thing was, the original PS3 could play PS1 and PS2. That was a big yes. selling point to that original console. But not perfectly, again. No, exactly, not perfectly. PS2 games had their fair share of issues, as I'll contest to with Jack and Daxter. I mean, to be fair, like I've said uh, countless times in Game Boy reviews, like there are certain Game Boy games that don't run perfectly on a Game Boy Advance because mm, they take advantage of the screen's refresh rate, and when you don't yeah. have that on the Game Boy Color and the Game Boy Advance, then it's a very they can't do it. Small percentage, though, yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's God, I can count them on one hand. I think yeah. the Game Boy games that I can't cover at the moment because they're they're very sure. rare. Oh, mm-hmm. like, you've got weird ones like Road Rash that just don't work on a Game Boy Color for no oh, reason. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, Road Rash. That's one of the games I've been playing on Saturn recently, which still holds up very well. Someone, someone told me that I should get a version of Road Rash for a console the other day, and I was like, I need to get that. Game Boy Advance, I think. I think the Game Boy Advance okay. version of Road Rash is very good, from what oh, someone nice. said to me. Nice to I was like, I was going to get it on Master System. They were like, just get it on Game Boy Advance. It's all you need. I was like, okay. Mm. Well, the, the 3D one that's on uh, Saturn and PlayStation... That's uh, I played the one on 3DO the even actually. It's it's also on. Yeah. It's 
pretty good. <sighs> Sorry, I went off on one then. It's all right. We, I mean, we just went off on a, a bit of a tangent in general. Yeah, on the but modern you... consoles. I mean, there's been a lot of a lot of talk about them lately. I mean, <laughs> of yeah, it's, there al- is. it's almost as if they didn't talk about them for like a year and a half when they could have, and now everything's kind of like spewing out like a, a mm. fire hose. Oh well, we're just on that subject. I just wanted to add that uh, I read recently that uh, the Xbox One series, no, not Xbox One, Xbox Series consoles, X, the Xbox Series X. X has eight hundred and something gigs. Yes. Of uh, hard drive space. Yes. Yeah. Com- comparable to the the PS Five, from what I saw, which has about six hundred and something after you've uh, put in the operating. System. Yeah, which is a. Which is a bit annoying because I was hoping that eight hundred and twelve, that weird number, was because yeah, yeah, of the yeah. operating system, but it wasn't. You've got to expect that. Yeah, you're never going to get as much as is advertised. It's just the norm for these consoles and hard drives in general. I guess maybe they had to eat some of that cost to lower the console down to match the price of the Xbox, and then they lowered the con- the hard drive size. They were like, mm, "Okay, this is how we can do this." Also, knows? that. Uh, uh, SSD that you plug in, it's not 100% necessary. You can plug in other SSDs. <laughs> you don't need the official Microsoft one. No, you, you do to play Xbox Series X games. Ah, okay, sorry, yes. Um, It is apparently lightning fast, though. I've seen mm. some journalists talk about it. Apparently, if you just plug it in, it instantly the games will show up. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, it it, like it's nice it to know that you could use another sort of brand SSD yeah you can use anything for previous games like absolutely yeah, yeah, yeah. anything and I imagine the... SSDs are the best way to go with that rather than a regular sort of mechanical I would assume so drive. yeah Yeah. but no it, for the Series X games you need that proprietary I forgot, drive. About, I forgot about that yeah Yeah, yeah. but, but I... I assume Playstation won't be the same I assume Playstation no. won't with any SSD or Playstation has said PlayStation has said that they are going to release lists the same way they did with the PS4. To be fair, same way I think they oh. did with the PS3, that yeah. they will like list stuff that will be supported by it. But to be fair, it's a pretty broad list for the PS4, so that wouldn't mm. surprise me. Yeah, I think they've been burned too many times going down that rabbit hole with like the PSP and the what you call it, the Vita. That they know yeah, yeah, that was, like a, that was a bad move. That. I mean, it killed the Vita. Let's let's not yeah. joke around with it. Like yeah, it, well, those... they've learned from their their past mistakes, at least. Exactly. And I've heard that PS4 controllers can be used to play PS4 games. They can, nice. thank God. Um, yeah. Which actually made me look at the the nice uh, Cyan PS4 controller. I was like, hmm, maybe I maybe I should uh, pick one of these up when they come on sale. <laughs> but I said this about PS3 controllers. It was if as if some magical thing was going to happen and the PS4 was going to come out and like PS3 controllers were going to drop in price. Never happened. <laughs> no, no, it doesn't tend to. Does so, it? No, it doesn't. Oh, well, so it is. Have you been playing anything else, Tom Barry? It's a good question, Matthew. You know, uh, as I said previously, Saturn and N64 has been where it's at for me. I, I got a few uh, 3DO fighting games arrived the other day. I think I mentioned yeah. that before. You did, um, yeah. You, you, Hacker Show for the 3DO and uh, Ultraman something or other. Powered yeah, up or something you mentioned that you'd pick them the, up. For the 3DO. They've arrived. I'm looking forward to playing them. It took a little while to arrive, but uh, I've got them now, so I'm going to have a go with them uh but yeah uh trying to think now 
that that's mostly what I've been playing. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No. Blank. Drawing a blank, Matthew. Over to okay. you. Okay. Right. So to quickly draw a line end of it, as I said, I played a game. I played uh, one of the Atelier series, and I. It's the latest one in the series, and unfortunately I've already taken it back to the library, so I cannot look at the box front to tell you what it's called. Because I had like I took like three or four of them out because all of them have slightly different combat systems. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, well I'll I'll play a little bit of this series and sample it a little bit. But Italia Riser uh, was the, the latest in the series, and these games tend to be trilogies and this was the first mm-hmm. part of the newest trilogy with another game i believe coming out in february next year yeah um it, it, as i said it's very wholesome it's very slice of life um i would imagine that the audience for these is more girls than boys uh just because okay. of the the subject matter and how slice of life it is but i quite enjoyed my time with it from what i played i played two or three hours it's mainly around you becoming an alchemist and setting up like an alchemist shop and going on an adventure and those dramatically change depending on which entry in the season it is but this one was essentially i was playing a girl called Riza, and with her two friends we some alchemists came to town and the girl was like i'm going to be an alchemist so she starts training to be an alchemist a lot of the combat actually doesn't really revolve around you getting strong in the traditional rpg sense Yes, you level up. Yes, you get new weapons and equipment and everything else. Mainly what you're doing, though, is finding new recipes to craft new items. Because a lot of the combat is around, yes, you you have a guy in your party with a sword who can do massive damage or whatever, but your character is less focused on strength and more focused on being an alchemist and having like incredible creations that can deal damage for her. Mm-hmm. Which is is kind of cool. It's kind of a novel twist to combat, and there's lots of recipes to get, and then you tweak the items, and by getting be- making more of the items, you get better at making them, so they get better stats and better damage mm-hmm. and all this kind of stuff. It seemed very cool. I quite liked it. I have a couple of them for the PS3, and it made me kind of want to sit down and spend some time with that, probably over Christmas. Is what okay. I was thinking. I was like, okay, I, I don't really want to get full into a JRPG at the moment. I've got my... I forgot to tell you, I signed up to do uh, the JLPT N5 in December, so... What on I earth will... is that, Matthew? That is the, the entry-level Japanese language proficiency test. So oh! I will do that in December. I will probably fail, to be honest with you, but well, I was like, okay... Doing it? I yeah. don't want to. I don't want to sit down and like spend a lot of time playing video games because I want to do this test. So I was like, okay, I'm mm-hmm. going to take these back to the library. This sounds cool. I'm probably going to pick this up. And then Genshin Impact came out, and I've played a lot of Genshin Impact. Yeah. So it's not very easy to play. It's easy to pick up and play. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Um. Right then. Genshin Impact. Uh, you know how I feel about Breath of the Wild. Yeah, you like it. That's uh, yeah, it's more of that. Um, however, <laughs> it has a slight twist to it. Yeah. In that 
if you remember, I'd started to play uh, Trials of Mana as well, but that's also gone back to the library in the wake of Genshin oh, yes. coming out. Oh, yes. You said you enjoyed that. I did. I actually purchased it, which is one of the reasons I sent it back, but I'm in ah, no rush okay. to crack it out because... Mm-hmm. Genshin Impact is a very, very good video game, Tom Parry, and I believe even you would like Genshin Impact. You are in a giant world. Uh, you play as a character called the Traveller, and at the start of the game, you have a choice between a male and a female protagonist. Um, you're fighting some weird god, and then you end up on this this world that feels very similar to the world in Breath of the Wild. Um, and... It is that experience. You go around a big open world and you fight things, you explore. Mm-hmm. But I would actually say that the structure of the game is more traditional JRPG than Breath of the Wild was. In that there is a story, there are quests for you to interact with that have more of an impact on the game than I would argue that Breath of the Wilds did. Okay. Whereas the the temples in Breath of the Wild obviously felt like bigger versions of the shrines to me, in that they would have one kind of key gimmick to them, and then you would go around. This similar game, Zelda fashion. That's just yeah, Zelda but I, yeah, but I I felt it. I felt they were very. The dungeons weren't as like robust as the Deco Tree from Ocarina of Time mm. or any of these things when I played Breath of the Wild. I thought the dungeons were a bit of a disappointment. Mm-hmm. This game doesn't necessarily have dungeons as much as Breath of the Wild does, but I do think the boss fights in this game, the ones I've experienced so far, have been very cool boss fights. Because Genshin Impact allows you, through having a party rather than just one protagonist i.e. link to do a lot of interesting things like you know the the kind of like state you could kind of juggle effects on characters like you could shoot the grass to light moblins on fire and then Mm, yeah throw things at them like for elemental damage genshin does a lot of that and it does it very well in that you have parties and all of the people in your party have different abilities and so you can, for example, one of my characters is a fire archer, so I could shoot the ground at the feet of people to catch them on fire. Then I could turn to my hero and throw a gust of wind, which obviously kicks the flame up and does extra fire damage. Oh, that's nice. Or yeah. I can, f- I, I could throw electricity, which would create static, which would create explosions and like blow the enemies back a bit. That sounds or, quite advanced. Is that comparable to anything? Or no, I not no. that I have experienced because you can pr- you have a second cooldown on these characters, which allows you to like juggle these status effects very very quickly. Mm. Now the game is a gacha game, so there is a lot of encouragement for you to like, hey, you you know, like you should get other characters, and a lot of characters kind of coming in and out of your party as the game progresses. Oh, there are lots like, and lots of characters. Like At the moment, I believe there's 24. You get... Okay. F- from my experience, you get four characters in the base game, and then when you hit level 20, you get an additional character as a healer. So you get... Um, you have your Traveller, who starts off as um, Wind. Uh, you get the girl with the bow. His name is Amber. You get a guy with a sword who has ice magic so you can freeze people and also like freeze water under enemies and create platforms and things. Mm. 
and then a mage called Lisa who has the it's like it's called Rift I think electricity essentially like this purple magic that shoots electricity at people so you get those and then you get a fifth character who has water damage abilities and then healing when you reach level 20 because not only are you leveling up your characters in the same kind of gacha way that you would in any other mobile game that they'll hit a level limit and then you'll need to use materials that you find in the world to help level them up on top mm. of that there is a an adventurer level it's called and by doing quests and dailies you'll help raise your adventure level and that level essentially dictates how high your max level of your characters can be and you can upgrade their weapons and you can upgrade their accessories and there's a whole rabbit hole of upgrading stuff you can go down if you want to it's very full on I can kind of relate to this experience I've only recently started to play one particular game like this and that's Star Wars what's it called (laughs) not Galaxies that's another game no what's Heroes yeah Uh, yeah, so I've started to play that, and I'm, I don't feel as much to the game. I don't feel it's as in-depth as perhaps this experience no. you're having, but it is incredibly playable, and, and what a lot of it is the objectives and the daily challenges, and, oh, I want to yeah, do yeah. them all, and then the randomness of then when you can eventually get a character. You yeah. know, oh, what am I going to get? And a lot of times you don't get any. I mean, I've, I've no, got exactly. very few characters uh, through the game, but the game is endlessly sort of playable. Uh, but then I often think to myself, "What is this? Why am I yeah, playing this?" Exactly. So much? <laughs> and like I, like I said, I I played a bit of Grand Blue, which is a a bit like that. I've played I played a bit more than I I kind of like to admit of Azula Lane, though I never spent money on it because it essentially it's uh, I didn't even talk about Azula Lane in this podcast because I played it for like a week no. and I was like, "This is a really yeah. dumb game." It's one of the biggest games in Japan and Asia, essentially because it's lots of like pretty anime ladies. Mm. But what it is is essentially it's a it's a vertically scrolling shmup where your uh-huh. characters are like women who are spaceships. No, they're like <laughs> World War Two era like ships. Oh, we might have heard of this. Actually. Yeah, it's a weird game, but like yeah. I played it and it's it's a bit too like waifu centered for my liking and a lot sure, of sure like while while i quite enjoyed the idle like hey i've got 15 minutes on a bus i'm gonna play a quick shmup that's actually quite satisfying yeah there's lots of tna that made me kind of feel uncomfortable playing it on public transport so i was like okay i'm gonna stop <laughs> a playing bit a bit game. too much in your face you, you think well i mean there there's a blossoming community of, of fan art and everything else Tom Parry as you would imagine and probably body pillows for this particular game yeah. so I stopped at playing it. At that point it starts to be more about that than it does the actual game. Yes, it much, attracts, much yeah. like Dead or Alive 90% of the, the things that I've seen for that game on Twitter for advertising have been like, oh, now there's swimsuits. Now there's sexy Halloween costumes. It's like, yeah, oh, yeah. Know. Actually, again, with Dead or Alive, the core game is very good, as, yeah, as it yeah, sounds yeah. like uh, with this. But yeah, some of the other things kind of overshadow that. Exactly. Weirdly, though, none of that in Genshin, um, which is mm. 
I would I would have thought it being a Chinese developed mobile game and like there's a bit of this in Grand Blue, there's a bit of this in Fate Night Order. Like some of these bigger mobile games do kind of a try and attract that. Yeah. I know, I know why I know Grand Blue because there's a isn't there a one on one fighter? There is Grand a one on one fighter. Yeah. yeah. Sorry I to I think there's also you, an RPG um... of Grand Blue. That game's kind of massive. Uh, anyway, yeah. it's got these mobile mechanics. But it's also an incredibly accomplished game. Hmm. And the world is massive. Like And it's free. And it's free. Like <laughs> You know what I mean? Like two of my favourite games of the last two years have been Apex Legends and Genshin Impact. Because it is there. It is definitely on my right. top ten for this year. Don't think it's better than Hades. Because if it was doing more new stuff, if this is if if we lived in a world where Breath of the Wild hadn't come out, I'd be like, this is the best game ever made. But because it wears its influences on its sleeve, I think it's an incredibly good game. I think it's incredibly accomplished. And I don't know how aggressive the gacha stuff is going to be once I get into the later game. But I've I've played a ton of it. I have my party is like level fifty. I have got. I've not put any money into it, but I've got a roster of characters now that's like ten out of yeah. the twenty-four. Though annoyingly, I don't have any of the like the top tier characters, and that's the carrot they're dangling. They're like, oh, just just check us a fiver. I'm sure you can get one. Yeah, ain't gonna happen. Get, get with Star Wars, so like you can get uh, Darth Vader. Perhaps he's hard to get. You know, and yeah. All that. Although I feel like I'm collecting things. I've not got the character, but occasionally you'll get like points towards getting the character. Oh, it's they don't do that take... in Genshin. Oh, like, they it's, don't? Okay. It's straight like, I've got... Annoyingly, I keep getting like duplicates because the way this game... The way this game handles levelling up, like in previous games like this I've played, you would need a duplicate of your ship to level up. Like in Azula mm. Lane, or like you would need a duplicate of your character. Well, like, they... sort of like Pokemon Go, when you, you catch more of the same character uh, and then turn them into candy. No, to it's more like you them. need no. you need duplicates from the gacha to like up your character. Here, the way oh, they right. do that is they have a system called constellations, and essentially it doesn't impede you actually like leveling your character better. It mm. allows you to get like bonus moves for your characters. So there is still incentive mm. to like mm. want duplicates of a character. For example, the Fire Lady, like I was saying, Amber, she has. I got a duplicate of her in my first pull of this gacha, and then it means that she shoots two arrows at once instead of one. Mm-hmm. So it's like minor gameplay tweaks, but still things that are like have made my life easier. There's an achievement for shooting an eagle, and I wouldn't have had it. I don't think if I had a not had this ability to shoot two arrows because the eagle was slightly lower than I thought it was going to be. Um, but nothing that's really impeded my my way so far. Nothing that I felt like, oh my god, I need to pay money to play this game. No, no, no. But no. again, I have I've seen people and how much they sink into things like Grand Blue and Dragalia Lost and League of Legends and everything else. You could be there soon enough, Matt. I'm sure happen. I will reach a plateau where it becomes you've enticing put, to invest money into it. But so at the moment, I don't see into, it. You've put money into Apex, yeah. I put money into Apex, but to be honest with you, the the money I put into Apex was purely cosmetic, and I mm. wanted to support Respawn because I love that game. I bought some things for that. Uh, you could buy battle passes for that. This game has a battle pass. It's not very good. Um, All right, okay. The battle pass is like a tenner. 
and it doesn't really give you anything. Like there's no, <laughs> there's no cosmetics. There's no characters locked in the battle pass. It's just either the spheres to pull the gacha lever to try and get a character, and not even a substantial amount of them, like one every ten levels, mm. which is costs nothing. Like you can grind that in the in-game currency for not not very much time. Mm. Um, and like materials to upgrade, and like at the end there's a a four star sword, but it's like I've already got a four star sword because I got one of those for being a PlayStation Plus subscriber. So it's not it's not really enticing in a way. Like if there was cosmetics, if there was characters, like exclusive character to the battle pack, maybe hey, I would throw sounds, some money in. This sounds to me like a game would be good with the remote play feature on the Vita. Yes. Um. It would, Tom, because if I believe what I've read is correct, you can play the mobile version yeah. cross-save with the PC version. doesn't exist with the PS4, though, which is annoying. All right. Oh, okay. Um, so there is that possibility of like account linking. If you have a PC, you can play it on mobile. Which, to be honest with you, it's kind of dangerous. So I'm kind of glad that doesn't exist, because <laughs> like, I could quite easily but, be like, oh, well, I've got yeah. 15 minutes at the coffee shop. I'm not going to read a book. I'll play some Genshin. But for instance, if uh, if your good wife Martha wanted to watch something on the television, and you yeah, could, could just uh, remote play it to the the Vita, yeah. Then, well, uh, to be fair, there is there is talk of a Switch version of this game coming out somewhere down the line. So I'm hoping when that oh, happens, you might there will be crossplay. Ah, yeah, then because otherwise useful. You, you'd lose all your progress, wouldn't you? you don't want to and I've spent a lot of time playing it, Tom. Yeah. So well. I spent a lot of yesterday on this Star Wars Galaxy of Heroes, and uh, it came about because uh, my girlfriend Claire was very <laughs> into the Star Trek sort yeah. of equivalent of this game. And I was like, "Oh, I bet there's a, a Star a Star Wars equivalent to this," and there was. Yeah, and it uh, it, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. Um, it's got a lot going on in it, but it's not too overwhelming either. At the same time. Um, if you don't find those mechanics overwhelming, when you are yeah. back at your PS4, I encourage you to try Genshin Impact. Mm. Okay. Maybe, a very, maybe I'll have to, have to try that then. Yeah. It is a very good game. I imagine you'll probably do... I, You know me, it's I like to Star read Star Wars, story. Matt. It's not Star Wars. It doesn't matter, <laughs> though. It's, it's, so, it's so satisfying to play. Like they're so, It handles so well that I don't think it'll matter for you. You will no, probably no. just end up skipping through all the dialogue, though, because that's the stage I'm at. Oh, not care. dialogue. No, so not, it's, no. It's got RPG trappings, Tom, is what you're going to expect. The voiceover and stuff isn't bad, but I'm just like, okay, I'm only uh, trying to go through my dailies. I don't care about the story. XXXXX. Hey, Matt, are you excited for Pikmin 3 coming at the end of the month? Yes. Again? Yes. <laughs> I like Pikmin. Okay. I'll buy it. I... I... I'm just every every time they re-release a Wii U game, I'm thinking you're one step closer to not having any more Wii U games to release. I can't wait till you start making some new. <laughs> to to be fair, right? Like I think this year has probably been a challenging year, and so there's probably yeah, yeah, I'm sure it has been. Things. Yeah, do you think Nintendo might have released or announced some new uh, games had it not been for COVID? I think so. Yeah. So it goes. Um, Mario Kart 9, please, please. It'll happen. Eventually, it'll it. happen. <laughs> um, I I did play one other game that I'd like to talk about. Um, yeah, go on. 
and it's quite an interesting thing. I half of me wanted to recommend it to you at one point because of what it is, but then the other half of me mm. played it and was like, I don't know if you would be into this game so much. Well, go on, try me, try I, me. I played a game on the it? Switch, Tom, called The Friends of Ringo Ishikawa. Not the Friends of Ringo Starr. No, um, and the Friends of Ringo Ishikawa <laughs> is Friends not a Japanese-developed game, as you might think. No. And it okay. is a game actually developed by a Russian sole programmer who there's a I very see. very interesting Verge article about this, and it's kind of I see what it is. It looks like um, River City Ransom. It's got a lot of River City Ransom in it, but it's also got a lot of Persona in it. And okay, you know I do like Persona. I know you do, and to be honest with you, it, it kind of has a lot of that kind of um, shonen anime feel to it. There's a there's a bit of Yu Yu Hakusho in there. There's a bit of bad boy anime, like... Um, oh, God, I can't even think of good examples, like Blue Spring. Like, there's a lot of... There's a lot of manga and a lot of things that are made into films that are kind of about this style of, like, late 80s, early 90s... Oh God, I can't even remember the banking names of them. I believe uh, I could be speaking of last year. They're called Yankee because they they embody that like American attitude and like kids oh, yeah. with massive pompadours and yeah, it's about like you are this you are this guy and his name is Ringo Ishikawa. He is he is the toughest guy in his high school, and you have a group of friends. And it kind of centers around the drama of your everyday life. Mm, the bits like of persona. Pers- yeah, the bits of persona it takes are kind of like the learning aspect of you going to classes and kind of mm. the social aspects of you hanging out with people and leveling up relationships. Yeah. But the game is. Not a side scrolling beat em up. It is a side-scrolling beat-em-up, but it isn't a side-scrolling beat-em-up because depending on how you play the game, it can be more or less side-scrolling beat-em-up as you want it to. Okay. And it is quite open in that it doesn't really tell you what to do. And to right. be honest with you, there is not really a lot written on the internet of what to do beyond like some game FAQs boards and some posts I was reading on Reddit. Which, to be fair, is kind is kind of liberating, and the, the the game and the experience that it is kind of lend itself to that. Mm-hmm. Is I... it a hidden gem? <laughs> yes and no, because the thing is, right about this game, I really liked it. It was released yeah. last year. I, you know me, I I love Yakuza. I've talked about me liking Yu Yu Hakusho on this. Oh, podcast. really? Yakuza. Yeah, no, I have to get a mention in. So, like, something like this. I was like, okay, this is, this looks like an interesting title. And I, it really resonated with me. And even though there are some bits of it that are, like, mistranslated, there are some bits of it that are a bit clunky, but, like, overall, it left a really positive impression on me. Yeah. In a way that, like, a Takeshi Kitano movie would. 
Oh, this this sounds intriguing now. I see it's got some sort of mood about it, which is yeah. fairly sophisticated. There is there there is a style to the friends of yeah. Ringo Ishikawa that like yeah. it's just captures it so amazingly and like I I highly recommend I will link it to you Tom there's a I believe it's the Verge have an article on this game right. and like the guy who programmed this game has never been to Japan he's mm. just a love letter to the things that he likes and mm. the artist who created all the scenery has never been to Japan but I have and that's what certain parts of Japan feel like when you're wandering around the suburbs, and yeah, it's oh, obviously yeah. it's a very picturesque so, view, and kind of the thing that I complained about maybe uh, Ghost of Tsushima doing that there's kind of a romanticism towards Japan, but I think it's okay here, and certainly an understanding. Yeah, there's just a vibe to this game yeah. that I can't really get over. I will say this to you though, if you do pick it up because it is quite affordable, it's on Switch. Oh. I like affordable games. I know you do. Um, there are three controls. Take ah. the time to re to figure out how the blocking works because I didn't figure it out ah. for the first ten minutes. I was like, "Oh my god, the combat in this game sucks." Hold back, hold work? back. I always like that for blocking. Uh, it, I believe it's L trigger or L bumper, and there's also like a level mechanic like River City where you have to like you have to get tougher and you will lose a couple of fights but there's yeah there's a vibe to that game man that i mm. really liked and really there's um, an interesting me. image that i just pulled up um from steam community and it's yeah. like what i played this game ringo ishikawa yeah. Uh, what I expected in you know, images of the typical anime uh, style characters and, yeah. of course, River City Ransom. And then what I got was definitely some more sophisticated black and white moody images of, yeah. of characters and uh, some real sort of, um, I can't think of the word now, but more reflective kind yeah. of moments. Like, honestly, yeah. like in a way that I did not expect and like the yeah. o- the only reason I saw this is because um, YouTuber slash DJ slash other person John Riggs had been to some convention and he got sure, a physical yeah. copy of this. I heard and I was like, oh, "What the hell it. is that?" Yeah, and then yeah, I, yeah. So you I just it up. bought it because it was on sale. I had no expectation. I thought it was just going to be the like I said. I thought it was just going to be River City Ransom, but it's so much more than that. And the fact that I hadn't heard about this game. Is, is yes, Tom is a hidden gem. I would say so personally for me. But I also just I find it hard to recommend to people. Also, I think you of all people will appreciate it. But I I do think and I don't want to talk about my issues with it because they kind of talk they would don't perhaps matter. spoil some of it. Oh right, okay. Um. So. Can we talk about yeah. how long it is? Because you you sound like you've finished it or not? Yeah, yeah, I finished it. Um, okay, so it's not a long hour, game. Couple of hours, honestly. It's, okay. It doesn't overstay yeah. its welcome. And to be honest with you, I, no, I don't want to talk about. It. It's not a very long game, and I I hear it can be longer depending on certain things you do in it. But it it is a very definitive start and end. It's like watching a movie. Yes. Within a normal time frame, a movie time frame, because two hours is what you'd expect, perhaps, for for a movie. 
Um, that appeals to me that you could have that whole experience within you know a relatively short amount of time. Like I said, a couple of hours. I'm just going to check yeah. how long to beat because I'm not Sounds sure. Sounds good to me. And if the price is right, Matthew, I might have to try it. Uh, it, it I, as you being the person who likes to dip in and out of video games, Tom, you are a sampler, a connoisseur of video games. Uh, you, are, you like a good yeah, taste. Like a wine taster. Exactly. You like a little nibble. Um, I like a Friends nibble. of Riku Ishikawa... Um, so says how long to beat seven hours. I think I might have beaten mm. it in a little bit less than that, but again, but there well, are obviously certain... it felt like two hours, which is only a good thing, isn't it? It, if yeah. it didn't feel as long as it actually is. It definitely it, that didn't. means I... you must have enjoyed the experience. And I beat it over a couple of nights, but it honestly, it, 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 it yeah, it's a, a strangely poetic game, which I didn't uh, poetic. Expect. I like that. I think that's probably. A good choice of words, and not, not having played it, but it sounds like, from what you've explained, poetic could yeah. be a good way to sum it up. But I, I, I just want to state as well, I think this game is a Marmite game. Honestly, yeah. do a do a bit You're of reading. You're bigging it up now, though. But yeah. yeah, do a bit of reading before you pick it up. I think you, Tom. Like I'm, I'm telling you, I think you but will I trust dig this you. game. I trust you, Matthew, and but I, I think I will. But I also Play don't want to. I don't want to set people's expectations too high because I said it is. It is a strange thing. It is a very unique game, and it there has trappings okay, of other it. games. So if if it's below ten quid, I'm buying it. I think. I think it is. I think it's about the ten pound mark. <laughs> yeah. And then um, we can talk about it next time. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do that. I honestly, it, it's such a. It was an unexpected surprise in a really pleasant way. That I, like I said, I went in kind of blank, going off of the artwork, and then also hearing about its development and how the pixel art was done by the developer's father because he was unemployed and he taught himself pixel art in Microsoft Paint. Like, wow. it's a, it's such a cool thing. Like the whole and package, it was all thanks story. to uh, was it uh, John Riggs bringing it to your attention? Yeah, it was literally because he he Thanks posted John that he picked yeah, up a I physical saw that copy. Same video, by the way, and was curious about it. Then I forgot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, yeah. it's it's a great game. You should, uh, you okay. Tom Parry of all people should check this game out because I think it'll really resonate with you. Well, thank you very much, Matthew. Yep. I okay. I, I I anticipate you've already you're going to enrich my life. So. Well, let's see. Like I said, knowing knowing your tastes in video games, knowing your tastes in Japanese cinema, I think mm-hmm. this will scratch scratch an itch you didn't know you had. Marvelous. Thank you, Matthew Boyle. Try my best, Tom Parry. Right, um, well, let's wrap up this podcast because it's gone on for an hour and twenty minutes, Tom. Has it really? My it hasn't. It's not an hour twenty. Oops, sorry. It's an hour, that was hour six. and six and twenty seconds. I saw. It's because I can't. <laughs> despite me illuminating the room, I can't see the the timer of the thing because it's reflective. It it's matter. a reasonably, uh, yeah. Regular length episode. Tom and Matt attack <laughs> rather than the. Yeah, tell the... you what, you can tell we're recording this later on in the day because I'm not. <laughs> no, I I know, and I've I've got a cup of tea. I was actually debating when we sat down because this is a later recording for us. It's like, should I have a beer? I was like, no. We're good in the morning, aren't we? We're, we're pretty good morning people when it comes to podcasting. Exactly. Oh well, that's how it goes. We'll do <laughs> no, it. Not next to put this week, particular right. podcast down. We do hope you've enjoyed it. Yeah, exactly. I, <laughs> well, maybe I hope... next time I'll be a bit more awake. <laughs> Let's see, Tom. Let's see. 
Okay, if you have enjoyed the podcast, you can find us in a variety of places on Twitter at TMA Cast, um, myself at Game Boyle and Tom at Tom Parry 11. Find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Tom Attack. You can listen to the podcast on blastprocess.com. You can listen to the podcast on Tom forward slash podcast. Mm. On iTunes and Stitcher, while you're in iTunes and Stitcher, why not give us a cheeky rate? Subscribe, let us know you're listening. Tom Parry, always a pleasure, mate. Um, <laughs> always a pleasure, Matthew. Great to, great to speak with you today. Sorry, it's um, been a while, but we our, our, our schedules have have kind of made it now, so we can we can talk to each other today. Exactly, so. like we've been like trains of the nights the last couple of weeks, but we are yes, here now yeah. in your ears, dear viewer slash listener, and thank you for listening. Tom, what do we tell them at the end of these podcasts? What do we tell them? We tell them to game on. That we do. Game on, everybody. Thanks. Bye. <laughs>